0: Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 289. So today is Sunday, October 13th, or November 13th, excuse me, 2022. And as usual, I'm covering the top news and rumor stories that caught my eye for this past week. First up, Leica's 47.2 megapixel Lights Phone 2 has largest sensor ever, In a phone, Leica has announced the Lights Phone 2, a successor to the Lights Phone 1 that launched in 2021. The new model has more than twice the resolution, which the company claims is the largest sensor ever in a smartphone. As explained on Leica's website, the Lights Phone 2 offers a Type 1 47.2 megapixel CMOS image sensor that works hand in hand with the Qualcomm Smart Dragon 8 Gen 1 processor. The company says this combination allows it to activate different sensor modes depending on the scene and environment. Quote, the result is brilliant quality that is unsurpassed in the smartphone industry, even in low lighting or with high-res image taken in high-resolution mode, Leica says. The camera uses special pixels to set the autofocus and enable extremely fast photography that delivers sharp images in nearly any situation. Images can be saved in RAW or JPEG format. The sensor features what Leica calls an octa- pdaf phase detection system that is powered by subject recognition artificial intelligence the result is what leica promises is high speed high precision autofocus the camera has a 19 millimeter f 1.9 lens which the company says allows it to take clear photos with high dynamic range and low noise that camera features a six times digital zoom while the front-facing camera features an eight-times digital zoom. That sensor is a 12.6-megapixel camera with a 27-millimeter f2.3 lens. Quote, the Lights Phone 2 bears the name of, of a visionary and her company founder. It also pays tribute to the innovative thinking and actions of his son, Ernst Lights II, who revolutionized the world of photography in 1924 by introducing the first 35-millimeter camera. Leica says, Lights Phone 2 shares in its same proud legacy. It is based on the power to innovate and a tradition of enduring values that has lasted for over a century. The Lights Phone 2 remains true to this philosophy and marks another high point among the many milestones of the Leica brand. As is generally the case with smartphones that bear the Leica name, the Lights Phone 2 has access to Lights look that Simulate Leica M lenses and cameras, and the Lights Phone 2 will also emit a shutter sound along with camera UI and quick settings akin to that of the Leica cameras. Specifically, the Lights Phone 2 mimics the focal length and bokeh of the Sumalux 28mm, Sumalux 35mm, and Noctilux 50mm. It also features color and tone filters in four colors that mimic the deep color tone of Leica cameras. A full technical sheet of the camera can be found on Leica's website. You can find that link in this article in the show notes. Below are a few sample images taken with the Lights Phone 2 captured by photographer Anju. And there are some absolutely stunning images that have been captured with this new smartphone. At the time of publication, the Lights Phone 2 is only made available in Japan, which was also the case of the Lights Phone 1 through SoftBank. It will be available to purchase on November 18th for 225,360 yen, which is about $1,590 US. And uh, my hat's off to Leica. This does look like an extremely impressive camera in a smartphone. I'm not sure if it would be considered the largest sensor ever in a phone. Uh, Maybe on the physical dimensions, I'm not sure, because I know there's been other phone manufacturers that have put 100 megapixel sensors in phones before, Uh, but I don't know all the specifics on those. So I could be wrong. And I'm not saying that to play down uh, what Leica has accomplished with this new phone. It does look extremely impressive. And Leica is known for high quality cameras and photography capabilities. So kudos to them photographer captures the gorgeous night skies above jordan photographer benjamin baccarat has spent the last four years working on his skills as a night sky photographer and now helps others create masterful scenes in beautiful locations Bacharach says he has always been fascinated by the night sky and the idea of capturing it is how he got into photography to begin with quote In 2018, after spending many nights under the night sky with my wife and looking up and fascinating over it, I finally decided to get a camera and try capturing it, he says. Quote, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but here I am attending to my calling. There's nothing I love more second to my family than going out and photographing the night sky and sharing and teaching others to do what I love to do. And this uh, story again has some beautiful images in it. By day, Baccarat is a real estate photographer and searches at the highest researcher at the highest observatory in Europe, the Sphinx Observatory in Switzerland, where he researches light pollution. But by night, he points his camera at the sky and teaches others how to create stunning visuals of their own. Quote, I am lucky enough to teach others and lead tours internationally, sharing the knowledge and inspiring others to get out more and take in the night sky, he tells Petapixel. Baccarat's most recent project took him to Jordan, where he captured some breathtaking photos of the landscape set against the Milky Way galaxy. Being half Lebanese, my goal has been to explore the Middle East more and share awareness of the beautiful landscapes to encourage others to visit these places, he says. Quote, Petra is what first attracted me to Jordan, and it was a wish of mine to capture it under the night sky. Getting in during closing hours to one of the seven wonders of the world isn't easy, so I had to build a relationship with the local Bedouin people to gain such access. The effort was worth it, as his photos of the iconic location are breathtaking. Quote, Wadi Rum is another stunning highlight Jordan has to offer with some of the darkest skies and stunning landscape scenery. I spent just over a year planning with locals to geotag all the spots in my collection of images before capturing them all. As mentioned, Bacharach leads tours to help teach people how to take these kinds of photos. He plans to lead a group of 11 photographers on a journey through Jordan in 2023 The details of which can be found on his website. You can find that link in this article in the show notes. For more from Bacharach, make sure to check out his website and his Instagram. And I must say, he has some absolutely gorgeous nighttime images of the sky and landscapes combined. He does some very beautiful astrophotography work. So kudos to you, sir. (laughs) Veterans teach photography to fellow service members to foster social bonds. Brothers and Vietnam War veterans Bill and Stephen Espinoza are helping other former U.S. military members forge social connections and learn new skills through the art of photography. The two brothers say that the desire to help fellow service members led them to teach an introductory photography course for fellow veterans in a class at a Santa Barbara City College in California. Quote, so far we've kept the classes small, and this semester it includes 12 students. Stephen Espinoza says there is a lot of one-on-one work, and if we had a big class or we had to do it remotely, it wouldn't work as well. But we do eventually want to extend it to first responders and feel that it would be a great step forward. Bill and Stephen, who served in the Army and Navy respectively, began as students themselves in the class, which was started by Terrence Ford and his F-Stop Foundation whose goal was to offer digital photography instruction to veterans and first responders in Santa Barbara City College's Wake campus. Quote, it's important to provide an opportunity for veterans to reconnect and both offer and receive peer support to develop a community where everyone feels engaged, Ford says. This program was also embedded at Camp Pendleton's Wounded Warrior Battalion West and four years at the Pathway Home at the Soldiers' Home in Utahville, California. Quote, programs such as these photography classes allow veterans to learn new skills while forging social connections, creating a strong community. The photography class proved to be, a pop, to be popular, and the two brothers became part of the veteran photography program, an initiative that has made an impact on the lives of former service members, both in the class and in the larger community. Canon noticed the program and has donated multiple Rebel cameras and is in the process of loaning additional equipment to the class, including photo printers. Some of the students in the course have selected their best work from the semester and printed and framed the photos to decorate Johnson Court, an affordable housing development that serves the Santa Barbara homeless veteran population. Twenty photos taken were selected and professionally printed and framed with the help of Canon. The veterans living in Johnson Court then selected which ones they wanted to decorate their unit. The brothers say the response to the initiative has been positive and hope that its success will lead to further expansion so that they can help other veterans. The hope is that the photo decorating units at Johnson Court will inspire some of the veterans living there to sign up for a future course. And I think this is an absolutely wonderful thing. And as a veteran myself, I think this is a great way to teach veterans a new skill, an artistic skill, and to help foster uh, a connection to their community and uh, social bonds, just like the article says. I think it's absolutely awesome. And I wonder if maybe this is something I should look into starting in my local area. Although I live in a small area, I'm not sure how many veterans we have in my immediate area, but it might not be a bad idea to look into starting something like this, maybe in Person County, North Carolina. I don't know. Might be something to think about. Photographer captures comedic stray cats on the streets of Tokyo. Many photographers hit the streets in search of a perfect photo, but not Japanese photographer Masayaku Oki. Oki scours his hometown of Tokyo and other cities for cats expressing themselves in unusual ways or posing in funny positions. He fills his social media pages with his quirky and often hilarious photos that show cats fighting a mouth themselves, sitting in odd positions and generally living up to their weird reputation. And some of these some of these uh, images are absolutely hysterical. Quote, it was New Year's Eve 2013 when I began my interest in cat street photography, Oki tells Patapixel. Quote, when I was exhausted in a nearby park during a break in between work, I met the fateful cat uh, Busiani's son pie in the middle of the road in the park. From the time I met him, the course of my life changed greatly. Oki was fascinated with Mister uh Bocion, who he described as a gray-haired American short-haired cat with a bizarre appearance. "Quote: The more I looked at him, the more things come to mind in my head, and the more I wanted to shoot. A passion was born in my heart. I always liked cats, but I was unable to keep them due to my living environment, etc." He explained. "Quote: The next day in 2014, during my work break, I picked up my camera and started taking pictures of cats." And there are, again, there's some amazing images in here of the cats he's captured. Since then, Oki has taken his Canon 1DX Mark III onto the streets to to the delight of his nearly 300,000 followers on Instagram. Quote, I started taking photos and uploaded them to social media every day where I received exaggerated compliments from people all over the world, says Oki. According to the Orient. Uh, oriental economists. there are an estimated 1.1 million cats living in the Tokyo metropolis 60,000 of which are strays uh, the overall winner of the 2022 comedy pet Award, photo awards was the photographer who captured two conjoined cats larking around one of the Japanese islands that have large feline populations in 2014 French photographer uh, Alexandra Alexandra uh, Bonfoy traveled to Japan in search of urban wildlife photographs. Instead, he wound up creating a series of photographs showing the stray cats found in the alleyways of various cities. More of Oki's work can be found on his Facebook and Instagram. And I highly recommend that you check out this article in the show notes and stop by his Facebook and Instagram because he does have some outrageously Funny images of these cats just doing some incredibly bizarre and funny things. I'm going to take a break right now and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470 294 8191, and you can email the show at Liam at Liam Photography You can find the show notes and links at Liam Photography and you can tweet the show at Liam using the hashtag liam photo podcast and now back to the show and we're back okay and so now for this half of the show we're going to head on over to the four rumor sites and i'll share with you the stories that caught my eye on these sites for this past week first up the canon eos r1 may not come out until 2024 we only ever get bits and pieces around the development of the Canon EOS R1, which will be the flagship camera of the RF system. Most of what we're hearing now have some truths in it, but there are also a lot of unknowns and likely hearsay. There is a recent report circulating the web that allegedly comes from Canon Explorer of Light. The unnamed, of course, Explorer of Light claims that Canon's goal is for the Canon EOS R1 is for it to be equipped with an 85-plus megapixel sensor, 24 frames per second mechanical raw burst, and a big bump in sensor dynamic range. All of this sounds terrific, but we don't think these sorts of things would be known right now outside of the labs and meeting rooms at Canon. A good source also reached out last week and told us that the Canon EOS R1 may not see the light of day until 2024 summer games in Paris, France. If that's the case, we expect Canon to start talking about the camera some months before the games begin. The, quote, halo or, quote, flagship product for the line is rarely a big moneymaker, just based on the economies of scale. And we think Canon is probably more interested in getting new high volume products to market. The lower end of the full-frame EOS R system will need to be addressed in the next 6-12 to months, and there are also gaping holes in the RF lens lineup to be addressed. We also wouldn't be shocked to see a Canon EOS R5S announced well before the EOS R1. While us gear nerds love to talk about the best of the best and all that, Uh, that it can do, that really isn't a good representation of the industry as a whole. Now, let me throw in my two cents here. I think this is total bupkiss. and I'll tell you why. There is absolutely no truth at all to the idea that Canon's EOS R1 is gonna have an 85 plus megapixel sensor. Canon is not going to do that. Canon's flagship body has never had more than a 20 megapixel sensor. Now, I could see them making the EOS R1 maybe 24 megapixels or 26, something like that. They're not going to go ridiculously high on their flagship body because they don't sell a lot of this body. Canon's High megapixel sensor is going to go into the EOS R5S, which is the replacement for the 5DS and 5DSR. I've said this thousands of times on this show. I've been right on pretty much every prediction about what Canon is going to do going forward. And I guarantee I'm going to be right on this one. Canon has already said they're going to make a mirrorless replacement for the 5DS and SR. And I guarantee That body is the one that's going to get an 85 plus megapixel sensor. I would not be surprised if it gets a 100 megapixel sensor because we know Canon already has a 100 megapixel sensor that they developed just a couple of years ago and have not used in a body yet. That is where I think that is going to be going. So all of you that think their flagship body is going to get a stupid high resolution sensor, you don't know what you're talking about. That's the end of it. Canon USA Restock's refurbished gear now includes EOS R5 and R6 with 10% discount. The Canon USA Store has restocked their selection of refurbished lenses and cameras. There is also a 10% discount on a lot of refurbished gear until November 28th, 2022. There likely won't be any further discounts for Black Friday, so the time is now if you're in the market. All refurbished gear from Canon USA comes with a full one-year warranty. For the Canon EOS R bodies, the EOS R five body is thirty-three twenty-nine and the R6 body is two thousand sixty-nine dollars. For RF lenses, you have the RF 15 to 35 f 2.8 L IS USM for 17.99. The RF 24 to 70 f 2.8 L IS USM for 21.59. The RF 35 millimeter f 1.8 IS STM for 3.19. The RF 50 millimeter f 1.2 L USM for 1889 the Canon RF 70 to 200 f4 L IS USM for 1349 the Canon RF 85mm f1.2 L USM for 2339 and the Canon RF 85mm f1.2 L USM D S, which is the D smoothing model for 2609. And as I've told you in the past, if you're going to pull the trigger on one of these, do it quickly because the refurbished stock at Canon USA does sell out incredibly fast. So if you want to get any of these items, you better bust out the wallet fast. And now on over to Nikon rumors. The upcoming rumored Nikon Z8 mirrorless camera will compete with the new Sony a7R5 and is expected in spring of 2023. The Nikon Z8 camera has been rumored for a while, but we still don't have any reliable leak specifications. I was told that in terms of price and specs, the Nikon Z8 will compete head-to-head with the recently announced Sony a7R5 at $3,900. FYI, uh, here are the basics of the a7R5 specs. 61-megapixel full-frame XMOR-R BSI CMOS sensor, Bionz XR and AI processing unit, AI-based real-time tracking AF system, 8K 24p, 4K 60p, full HD 120p 10-bit video, 4K 16-bit raw output, S-Log3 and S-SynTone, 9.44 million dot, EVF with 120 frame per second refresh rate, 3.2 inch four axis multi angle touchscreen, 10 frames per second shooting with AF and AE tracking, eight stops, five axis image stabilization, dual CF Express type A or SD card slots. I was also told that the Nikon Z8 camera design is finalized and production ready, and the only issue holding back the official announcement is the ongoing parts shortage. When is the Nikon Z8 official announcement expected? The Z8 development announcement could happen as early as 2023, just like the Nikon D4, D5. There is a low chance for an official Z8 announcement at the 2023 CP Plus show in Japan in late February, but still a possibility. The most likely scenario is the Z8 announcement in late spring of 2023, late March Q2, and a potential shipment in around May of 2023. Now, what do we expect from the Nikon Z8? Same form factor as the Nikon Z6 and 7, improved EVF, improved autofocus, and the same sensor as the Z9. Please note that currently there are no reliable rumors about the Z6 III or Z7 III cameras. Nikon already confirmed that they are planning to implement Z9 features to a lower-end camera, which is not a big surprise here, uh, recently published in Japan. And you can see these articles in this, in this, within this article in today's show notes. Here is the latest Nikkor Z-Lens roadmap as of November 9th, 2022. Nikon updated the Nikkor Z lens roadmap with two new lenses that were recently announced, the Nikkor Z 40 millimeter F2 SE and the Nikkor Z 600 millimeter F4 TC VRS. And here is the latest version of the as of November 9th, 2022 of their lens roadmap. And you can see this image in this article in the show notes and check it out for yourself. The Nikon Z40mm F2SE pre-orders can be done at Amazon, B&H, Koch, Earnhardt, and Wex. And the Z600mm can be pre-ordered at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, Paul's, uh, Paul's Photo, Service Photo, Camera Canada, Wex, Earnhardt, Calumet, and Koch in Europe. All right. Now we'll head on over to Fuji Rumors and see what Patrick has for us for this week. Understanding Fujinon XF 30mm F2.8RLMWR Macro. Fujifilm USA runs over the special 30th range Fujinon lenses highlighting their differences and making a final recommendation. You have the Fujinon XF30 millimeter F2.8 macro, the XF 27mm F2.8, which I have and love, the Fujinon XF33mm F1.4, which I have, the uh, Fujinon XF35mm 1.4, the Fujinon XF35mm F2, and the Fujinon XC35 F2. Lots of choice in this range, but which one is the best? Fujifilm USA video below says the XF 30mm f2.8 macro is probably the best prime lens you should consider getting if you are new to the X system and you are looking to purchase your first prime lens because it's kind of a jack of all trades. It can do macro where the others can't. It has extremely fast autofocus even at close distances. Some of the other lenses have not that fast of an AF. It is very sharp, has low to no chromatic aberration. It's ideal for high-resolution X cameras like the X-T5 and X-H2. And with a $600 price tag, it's still affordable for many people. My take? Well, I personally would still recommend the XF35 1.4 as first prime lens. It can't do macro, but it's still affordable and much faster with its 1.4 aperture. Plus, it's one of those character lenses that will give you magic results. But certainly, the XF30 F2.8 is also a wonderful, wonderful and versatile option for a first prime lens. And you can watch the full video below from uh, Fuji. And you can also uh, order the Fujinon XF30 millimeter F2.8 macro in the U.S. from B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., and Adorama. Worldwide from Amazon Canada, Amazon of your country, in the UK at Amazon UK, Wex UK, Park Cameras UK, and European Union at Amazon DE, Amazon Italy, Amazon France, Spain, Calumet, Germany, Photo Earnhardt, Photo Koch, and PCH Store. The Fujifilm X-T5 is available at all of the same retailers. And if you want, you can check out that official Fujifilm film video on the 30 millimeter macro lens in this article in today's show notes for yourself. The revenge of the Fujifilm X-T4, declared best mirrorless camera by Germany's most prestigious consumer organization and the X100B best compact. I am looking for an unbiased objective incompetent reviews about anything electronics related, I often look at recommendations of uh, Stiftung Warentest, a German consumer organization and foundation involved in investigating and comparing goods and services in an unbiased way. It was founded on December 4th, 1964 by the Federal Republic of Germany as an independent foundation under civil law. Even They even get $3.5 million a year from the German state as compensation for the fact that it does not carry any advertisements in its publication because this could compromise its independence. In short, those guys are, are not flown around the world by companies in order to possibly get favorable reviews. And now let's come to today's story, which we start with the easy one, the X100V. So the organization declared the Fujifilm X100V the best fixed-lens compact camera. That's an easy one, as there is simply nothing that comes near the X100V in terms of price, features, and performance in this segment. You can order an X100V, a B&H photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and focus camera. Now for the Fujifilm X-T4. Out of all of the mirrorless interchangeable lens cameras they tested, this organization declared the Fujifilm XT4, their best all-rounder camera with a rating of 1.4 max, 1.0. You can read their test in German behind a paywall at their website, which you can find that link in this in a link in this article in the show notes. That is a nice revenge for the Fujifilm X-T4, a camera that has been a bit mocked by Fuji itself in their Fujifilm X-T5 launch promo ad. Now you know my take on this, the Fujifilm X-T4 had to carry the flagship burden, hence it was forced to be exactly how it is, bigger, heavier, etc. But now that the X-H2 and 2S finally came out, the Fujifilm X-T line could go back to its roots again with the wonderful Fujifilm X-T5, hence it could become smaller, lighter, offer a three-way tilt screen, and overall, just be more photography-centric. If it wasn't for the selfie screen, I could have loved my Fujifilm X-T4 almost as much as I love my X-E3. But sadly, even after years of use, I simply could not grow fond of it, even though I occasionally could appreciate the advantages of a fully articulating screen, even for photography only. I am so happy to see the Fujifilm X-T4 getting this important recognition. It is still a wonderful camera, and for some, even preferable over the Fujifilm X-T5. And right now, you can also get it with a discount. The Fujifilm X-T4 body-only save $150 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. With the XF 18-55, save $150 at the same retailers. With the XF-16 to 80, save $150 at the same three retailers. And the Fujifilm XE4, you can order from the same three retailers plus Moment. Oh, and in the 12th position of this ranking, we find the Fujifilm XE4. Well, how about that? And I disagree with Patrick. I actually like the fully articulating screen on the back of the XT4. Um I'm okay with the non-articulating screen on the back of my GFX 50R. So I'm okay with either type of screen, but I don't think having a fully articulating screen on the XD4 makes it a subpar camera. Come on. It's still a fabulous camera. And I love shooting with both of mine. So there, Patrick. Happy Tripod Review by Sony Alpha Blog, quote, excellent compact travel tripod. Two days left to get the world's lightest 3-in-1 tripod on Kickstarter. Sony Alpha Blog tested the tripod and concluded, quote, the Happy Tripod $319 to $399 retail is an excellent compact travel tripod, Very good build quality, very good ergonomics, very stable, fully featured, spike, smartphone holder, sub-tripod. Compared to the Peak Design, it takes the same approach, but implements it in a different way with a smarter three pillars center column. Better rigidity, better ball head, a sub-tripod, better ergonomics, and a much lower price. And Sony Alpha Blog highly recommends it. Now, keep in mind, this is on Kickstarter, and Kickstarter is not an online store. You are pledging your money in hopes that the product will come to market. Sometimes you lose your money, but most of the time, the products do make it to market. But you have been warned. You are risking your money as if you were gambling on the stock market. New A7.4 update version 1.11. Sony has issued this new firmware update, and you can click at the link in this article in the show notes to download it. Benefits and improvements. Warning, make sure there is only one body data.dat file on the memory card. If you have used the card for a previous update, format the memory card first before downloading the new file. Improves the shutter reliability, fixes an issue where the movie file rotated by the camera may not be rotated when displayed on a computer. Precautions when updating from version 1.01 or earlier. When updating from 1.01 or earlier, you need to update to version 1.05 before proceeding with version 1.11 update. Only update to version 1.11 after updating the version 1.05. If you try to update directly, an error will occur and you will not be able to update your camera. Follow the instructions below to check the system software version. Note, if the date and time setting screen appears when you turn on your camera, be sure to set the time and date to the correct values. On the camera, select menu, select setup, setup option, version. If it's already version 1.05 or later, please update to the latest system software version right away. And if not, then update to version 1.05 first so you don't potentially bork your camera. Are, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at ATL. if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgotten pieces of and forgotten of All right. That's going to wrap up episode 289 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Lean Photography channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And I wanted to let you know that today I will be releasing part three of my Arsenal 2 review on crowd control. Can the crowd control feature actually erase people from your photos? So that you can get clean photos, especially if you're out at a national landmark like uh, Yellowstone or the Grand Canyon or any other museum or anything like that. Can crowd control actually remove people from your photos without jinking up the photos themselves? Well, you'll be able to find out today when that video releases after this podcast. So after you've listened to this, head on over to the Liam Photography YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel so you'll get notified as soon as that video drops. Now, for next Thursday's episode, I have a special treat, especially for my photography students that have been asking me about this. I, as many of you know, have been using the Platypod flat tripods for quite a while now, quite a few years now, and I absolutely love them. I use them for my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania projects and other types of photography as well, and I did just recently buy the Platyball Elite head, in addition to my Platypods. I got another Platypod as well, the new Platypod Xtreme, but thanks to a mutual friend, Skip Cohen. I was able to get a chance to sit down this past Friday and do a one-hour interview with Dr. Larry Tiefenbrunn, who is the founder and CEO of Platypod. He's the inventor of the Platypod and the Platyball, and it was absolutely fantastic to get a chance to sit down and talk to him about the company, about his products, about his photography journey. And he has some absolutely stunning images. So be sure to check out that episode this coming Thursday on the Liam Photography Podcast. That will be episode 290. All right. I will see you all again on Thursday.